And Jesus said to his disciples, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Proclaim not just to his sons, but his beloved daughters. Not just the privileged few, but to the entire human race. To the whole creation, to all the colors and creeds, for God so loved all of us. How then can one daughter be more worthy than another? One son be more deserving than his brother? One color be more beautiful than all the rest? For it is written that no one can number his children. They will come from every nation. They will come from all tribes. They will speak all languages. And with their mouths, they will sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Therefore, we are all created in his image, not just a certain few. We are all adopted. None of us are his by birth. And we all must find the way, the truth, and the life. We all need Jesus. Jesus, the martyr. Jesus, the poor man. Jesus, the prisoner. Jesus, the teacher. Jesus, the prophet. Jesus, the resurrected. Jesus, the first and the last. He is the creator of diversity, the author of equality, the defender of the defenseless, the one who breaks the chains of slavery, the one who continues to fight for freedom. He is the Messiah. He is the risen King. He is our only hope. Jesus, the Savior of the world. Jesus, the one who died for all. Good morning to you and welcome to River Life Service. I'm so glad that you could be part of the River Life family today uh, and, and just joining us on our current series of 40 Days of Prayer. We're in our fourth week, and today we're going to be talking about evangelism. But before we get to, to that, um, I'm just curious, how have you, how's, how's your week going? Um, I know it's been kind of a crazy week for me. It feels so eventful. Um, we had the inauguration of our new president. The weather feels like it's all over the place. We've had some frigid days where it feels like we've had single-digit um, temps, and then we've had days where we've hit 30, 30 degrees um, throughout the day, and that feels awesome in Minnesota. And so, um, so if you're, you know, if you're not from Minnesota, if you're from somewhere else, know that thirty day, um, thirty degree temp in Minnesota in the middle of January feels awesome. It also leads me to to wonder and to be curious: what are some of your favorite unusual activities during the winter? What are some of your favorite unusual activities during the winter? I know some of us like to snowboard and ski, some of us ice fish, some of us go sledding, and some of us simply hibernate and stay away from the cold. For me, I've found that this year my favorite unusual winter activity is grilling, uh, especially on days where it's um, 30 degrees or, or, or warmer. 
And so I'll go up and go, I'll go out into the parking lot of where our garage is located in our apartment complex, fire up the grill during dinner time and grill up some steaks. I think my neighbors think I'm crazy because I'm out there standing in the cold. But again, a 30 day, 30 degree day in Minnesota during January feels awesome. And so again, share with us your favorite unusual activity. Uh, like I mentioned, we also um, uh, experienced the inauguration of our new president. And so uh, I know going into the inauguration day in light of what happened earlier this month with the protests and rioting at the um, at the Capitol, you know, there were some concerns, some real concerns of, man, what does inauguration look like? And so, you know, the ministry team took some time and prayed over inauguration day. And thankfully, you know, everything went smooth and and of course, you know, the, the thing that sticks out is how big Joe Biden's Bible was. But otherwise, again, I'm thankful that that um, everything went smooth. And and again, it's just the beginning of the new presidency term. And so let's continue to, to pray for a new president, pray for his new administrative team. Um, and, and, you know, above all, you know, just trust that God is sovereign uh, in all of this. I know, you know these these this election has been a very unique one. And so, um, again, I'm just reminded that God is sovereign overall, whoever you know, our president is, regardless of our leader. And so let's continue to pray for our nation and for the leadership uh, and for God to just be present. Um, with that, let's go and kick off service by lighting our candle. And so go ahead and go grab your um, your God is here candle. This is part of our River Life Home Campus candles. And so if you're interested, um, check out the website that will be posted below. Um, and, and, and you can, you know, you, your household, your space that you worship in on these Sundays can be a River Life Home Campus. And so we'd love for you to sign up. We've got a handful of churches. I think, you know, maybe a little over a dozen home churches around the entire Twin Seas. And so we would love for you to be a home church church for river life uh, again we want you to create you, we want your household to be a place of worship we want the space that that you occupy on sunday to be a place of worship and so feel free to sign up um, get some cool river life swag get this candle that just reminds us that god is here i know we haven't been able to meet physically but again digitally has been a, a great place for us to be together um, in god's name and so uh, if you've got your candle, let's go and let's light it. And then we're going to, after we get done lighting, we're going to say a prayer that, that we say, you know, that we've said these past Sundays, uh, just to remind us and to set um, our our minds on on what God has in store for us today. So let's go and let's light our candles. And the prayer is going to be put on screen. And so say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, this morning is about you. You are almighty and your glory is forever. I enter your presence because of Jesus. I invite your Holy Spirit to move freely. Help me worship you with my whole self. Open my eyes to hear your voice. Open my heart and mind to respond to you. 
We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Like I mentioned earlier, we're in our fourth week of our series, 40 Days of Prayer. And today our theme is evangelism. Evangelism simply means sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And so to kick off our service, we're going to check out this video from the Alliance from Tim Meyer as he talks a little bit more about how prayer and evangelism evangelism relate to each other. So let's check out this video with each other. Just the word evangelism can make some of us nervous. We remember being pressured into sharing our faith or maybe awkward conversations with strangers. Maybe we're nervous about being those people who are trying to be coercive or uh, trying to accomplish a task. But evangelism, in simple terms, is simply an extension of the life and love that we have received from God to others, to invite them into the family that we have been invited into ourselves. Evangelism isn't just about winning arguments, it's about loving people. And while a conviction of sin needs to happen, and many times we are in long conversations with people about why Jesus is the one and why he's the savior, normally that doesn't happen in the first three minutes. It's cultivated out of a life of hospitality where we invite other people into our space, but we're also willing to be invited into other people's lives. Sometimes that's even the harder ask. This month we've been talking about prayer, and that's where this all starts, because even caring about other people who don't know Jesus, or even more, being willing to share our faith, doesn't come naturally, and it's not even logical. It comes from a transformed heart, but God loves to answer that prayer. So when we ask God to help us see others, those that we come in contact with regularly, or even those around the world that we'll never see, He changes our hearts, and also gives us courage to step into their space, even sometimes gives us words to say to people that we're like, where did that come from? So my encouragement to you is that you would be expectant, that God would give you people to talk to and a heart for them, for all of those that you come in contact with regularly and for those who you've not yet met. Welcome back to Kid Talk. Today we are talking about God sends. Last week we talked about God gives. What does he give? He gives the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that he gives us after we've accepted Jesus into our heart so that we can understand the word of God. We know what's right from wrong and it also gives us the power through prayer to do things that we can't accomplish by ourselves. So today we're talking about God sends. What, what does he send? Who does he send? Well the short answer is he sends people. He sends missionaries. Sometimes he sends us overseas to talk to people that we've never met before, that live in a completely different place and different speak different languages. Sometimes he just sends us into our own hometown so that we can preach the gospel to those around us. So where, where do we get the idea of, of going and preaching the gospel? Let's take a look at the Bible and see what it says. In Romans 1.16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. So we see, I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the short answer is the gospel is just the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins 
and then rose from the grave. So that, that's the good news. If we believe that, that, it says that that is the power that brings salvation, that we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. There's nothing that we can do to forgive ourselves from sins or be forgiven from our sins. It had to be God who sent a way for us to be forgiven. And that was Jesus, his only son, to die on the cross for us and to be so that we could be saved if we believed and asked for forgiveness for our sins. So th this one is pretty easy for me to connect with because being a missionary and taking the gospel out to different people, whether it be in your hometown or whether it be overseas, that's something that happened to me when I was eight years old. One day I was leaving my uh, school and my parents were picking me up and they were just like, we have to talk about something. Your father and I have been praying about it and we are moving to Mexico to be missionaries to the Mexican people. And at the time I was eight, I was still young and I was just like, that means I'm leaving all my friends. I have to go to a different school. I have to go all the way. It was 1,700 miles from where we live. That's a long way. That's three days in the car and like five or six hours in an airplane to get from where we lived to where we were moving. So it was a long way away from my friends. So I was sad, but my parents explained to me why we were going. We were going to an area that didn't have access to the gospel like we did. We grow up here in this country with access to so much information, so much of it at church, online, or at our schools even. In Mexico, it wasn't the same. They didn't have access to all of that. They didn't, a lot of them didn't even know who Jesus was. And the only way they were able to find out who Jesus was were missionaries going and preaching the good news to them. So that's what my parents decided that we were gonna move and be missionaries in Mexico. So it doesn't mean you have to move to some place across the ocean or even across some borders. It could mean that you just have to break down some invisible walls of uncomfortableness and talk to your own friends that you have at school and just say, hey, do you know about Jesus? Do you know what he did for you? Do you know that he has died on the cross for your sins? That's, that's what being a missionary is all about, is taking the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, to anybody that you come in contact with. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Be Enjoy that it is, brings power for salvation to everyone that we talk to. That brings us to our prayer requests. And as always, we're gonna start with giving thanks. Thank God that we get to be a part of this process. He could do this all on his own. He has the power, he has the, the knowledge, he has the resources to do this without us, but he lets us be a part of the process because he loves us and he knows that being a part of this process is necessary for us to be able to love and have a better relationship with him. So thank the Lord that we can be a part of this process. And secondly, I just wanna say, pray for God to help you see people who need the gospel. Sometimes it's really hard to see others as needing this information. Sometimes we feel like, oh, all of my friends, all of my family knows this, but that's not always the case. Sometimes there's someone in your very life that you might not even know it, but needs to know about the gospel, who doesn't have Jesus in their hearts and needs to be forgiven for their sins. So I pray that God will help open your eyes to see these people better. Well, that's it for our Kid Talk this week. I will see you next week as we talk about more in our 40 Days of Prayer series. Hey, River Life. I just want to send a quick reminder to our uh, families with students from 6th to 12th grade uh, that Thrive Youth Ministries is still meeting online. Every Friday, except for the fourth Friday of the month, we meet from 7 to 8 p.m. on Zoom to connect, play exciting games, and engage in deep conversations. Uh, please follow us on our social media, Facebook and Instagram, um, for updates and additional events that are coming up. We hope to see you there, and we thank you for all that you're doing during this season.
refuge I run to And you are the fire that leads me through the night I'll follow you anywhere And there's a million reasons to trust you Nothing to fear for you are by my side I'll follow you anywhere Evangelism is not for the weak, all right? I should know. I wrote a whole book about it, self-published. Most Christians, they are just good for bake sales and potluck dinners. But I'm telling you this right now. It takes a lot of moxie to grab a non-believer by the shirt collar and throw him in the front doors of a church and say, Hey, try living out your heathen life in front of a holy God that way. It is like holy water on a vampire. That's divine intervention, my friend. Repent, for the kingdom of the Lord is nigh. Come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, sir, it sounds like you're really passionate about Jesus. I am. Um, and you should also be Okay. passionate about the Lord. Sir, if there's... You need to get sanctified or chicken fried. Can we... You need to get with the Lord or drive a Ford. Get right or get left. I share my faith. Okay, that's a lie. People don't even know I'm a Christian. I want to. Again, another lie. I hardly shower, much less have the will to do anything else. Mm, okay. Now, if there was pizza and ice cream every time there was faith sharing, I'd do it. That's a lie. I'm lactose intolerant. Again, another lie. I'm just too cheap to buy dairy. Bottom line, sharing my faith makes me sweaty. Uh, tip number 95, um, use big church words like transubstantiation. Heathens get confused easily, and the more confused they are, the more shame they are. The more shame they are, the more apt they are to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I believe it's a responsibility, no. The privilege, no. The glorious privilege of every believer to share their faith with others. That's why I share my faith with everyone I come in contact with. Everyone, really? <laughs> yeah, everyone. How do you do that? Uh, Check out my shirt. Can't read it? Try this glove. Not working for you? How about this bracelet? No comprendo? Vistazo a estos. <laughs> Driving behind me? Read my bumper sticker. Says, it's okay if you follow close. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> oh, you're my waiter or waitress? I got a tip for you. Surprise! It's the gospel. I mean, what do you want? Money or eternity? <laughs> I also use these tracks. <laughs> so what about talking to people about your faith? I, I don't really like people, but I love Jesus. <laughs> Scripture mint? Hi, my name is George. And I'm Jorge, and together we're George and Jorge. Right, right. Uh, what we like to do is to take secular songs and reprogram them. Yes, the purpose is for evangelism. We like to take songs to the unbelieving world and make it believable. Right, right. Let us give you a sample right now. Hey, lost sinner. 
makes you tick. What is it? Your head and the H E double hockey sticks. Hey, Lawsena, why don't you just give it all up to Jesus tonight? Pray for your soul today. For your soul today. Just pray. I was a freshman in college. The first time I invited someone to church. My best buddy called me. I was working at a grocery store. I was in the back cutting carrots, and my buddy called me. And I just said, hey, do you want to go to church with me tonight? And uh, I remember his words. He said, sure, I got nothing better to do. And I went to church with him. And you know, I went there because they were serving pizza that night. Um, I don't remember what was said. I don't remember what was sung. During the services, I remember praying for him and just asking God, to please reach out and touch his heart or do something because I knew he needed Jesus. And then um, God answered my prayers. That night changed my life, September 17th, 1987. It changed my life because I realized I needed a savior. As rough as 2020 was, I was able to walk away with it with some good news. See, over summer of 2020, Pang and I went through a process called Church Planter Assessment. And this assessment was geared to help us determine if we would be a good fit to potentially lead a second River Life campus. It was a grueling week. Evaluators poked and prod us, trying to figure out who we were. And by the end of the week, we were exhausted and we were tired. But, at the end of the week, they also shared with us good news that they felt like we would be a good fit. You see, throughout the entire week, I had doubts that I wouldn't be a good fit. But at the end, the assessors and evaluators recommended that I would be a good fit. Peng and I would be a good fit to lead a potential second campus for Riverlife. And in hearing that good news, I couldn't hold back. So I told friends and family about it. You see, good news is meant to be shared because it's meaningful and life-changing. I definitely experienced meaningful and life-changing moments during the assessment, even though, again, it was exhausting. What is some good news that you've heard? I know we're only a couple weeks into 2021 and we've had some rough patches, but what are some good news that you've experienced, whether in the last couple days, weeks, months, or even last year? I'd love to hear some of the good news that you've that that you've experienced and have and good news that have changed your life. So would you be willing to share with us in the comment section? You see, good news reminds me about our faith in, in, in Christ. For Christians who believe in Jesus, we believe that the good news of Jesus is meaningful and life changing because it literally changes our lives. And when our lives change, Jesus tells us that we are to evangelize. And evangelize simply means to share the good news of Jesus to others so that they may believe. Now, unfortunately, research has found that about 50% of Christian millennials believe it is wrong to share their personal belief with someone of a different faith in hope that they will one day share the same faith. So if only 50% of us evangelize, is Jesus good news? 
I think a major turnoff for evangelism is the forceful and sometimes even rude manner that Christians have when they engage with non-Christians. And if that's your experience, I apologize. I'm sorry that that's what you had to experience. Thankfully, the Bible gives us a clear understanding of what true evangelism looks like. So let's explore Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 through 6 to help us understand the importance and the purpose of evangelism. So we're going to read Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And this is what it says. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. This passage is a part of a letter written by Paul to the Colossian church. And Paul praises the church for being healthy and vibrant in their faith by being grounded in the knowledge and truth of Jesus. But the church also experienced some pushback and opposition from the outside community that weren't Christian. There was opposition who tried to, that tried to persuade the believers to stray away from Jesus. And Paul cautioned the believers not to be persuaded to believe other things, even if the opposition was difficult. You see, the persuasive tactics from the opposition ranged from harsh judgment to charmful deceit with the hope that believers in the church would turn away from Jesus. Regardless, Paul encourages the church to stay strong in the midst of the opposition. And a solution for the church is to be devoted in prayer, asking God for opportunities to evangelize. Now, if others were trying to deceive me and oppose me, I don't think I would find much satisfaction in Paul's answer to pray and evangelize. Instead, I would probably want to oppose the opposition. I mean, think of just the daily opposition that we see of how people oppose opposition. Go on any social media thread about a topic with differing opinions and just observe at how people respond to each other. Observe, to people, observe people who are trying to change the minds of others about a certain issue. You typically see people use the ha-ha emoji or the angry emoji, and the comments are just hostile, consisting of name-calling and pointing out the flaws and faults of each other's opinion and even personality and even profile picture. So why does Paul encourage us to pray for opportunities to evangelize when we're faced with opposition? And what is the point of prayer and evangelism? The one thing we need to know about prayer and evangelism is this. Prayer helps us know God. Evangelism helps others know God. Let me say that again. Prayer helps us know God. Evangelism 
helps others know God. See, when Paul tells the church to be in prayer, prayer reminds us to be dependent on God, who can give us counsel, guidance, and strength in every situation. Paul instructs the church to pray in a way that demonstrates awareness to their situation and to also be thankful. This allows the church, this allows us to be aligned with God's heart. When we pray, it helps us know God because we are reminded of God's character. When we pray with an awareness of the situation, when we pray with thanksgiving, we can experience and become like God in the sense that we can become merciful, kind, gentle, patient, forgiving, loving, and united, just like God. And this is crucial because how we evangelize comes out of who God is. And so prayer aligns us to understand who God is. Evangelism helps others know God. Evangelism is sharing the good news of how Jesus takes on our sin and brokenness and restores us to be in right relationship with God and with others. Paul instructs the believers to share the good news of Jesus in a wise, gracious, and attractive manner so that non-believers can experience God in a practical way. Oftentimes we experience our world being harsh with one another when it comes to determined truth, but God offers truth in a gentle way. So what does this mean for us? I believe we have the best news, and that's Jesus Christ. And again, any good news is meant to be shared because it is meaningful and life-giving. And when we share about Jesus, that's evangelism. And evangelism starts with prayer. Prayer reveals to us who God is. And if you're not sure where to start, a practical application that you can apply is to follow the daily devotionals, either on our podcast in audio format or Facebook and YouTube in video format. Each devotional is five to six minutes long. Just imagine how those five to six minutes how those five to six minute devotions can guide you to know God, experiencing God in prayer. And when you know God, it should lead us to a place to have a desire to evangelize to others so that others may know God. Imagine the good news of, Je- the good news of Jesus and what that could do for our friends, our family members, and the people, our neighborhood and community who do not know Jesus. These last couple of years, I feel like we've been at each other's neck about everything and anything. Imagine what evangelism could do to our neighbors, to our state, maybe to even our nation. Evangelism, evangelism can allow us to experience mercy, kindness, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love, and unity. Imagine what just an ounce of that could do for all of us right now. Now imagine what our world would look like if we fully operated on all of those characteristics of God. How beautiful would our world be? And to think 
that it begins with prayer and understanding what evangelism is. Yeah. 
as service comes to a conclusion before I send you off with our benediction, I just want to say thanks for journeying with us up to this point in our series of 40 Days of Prayer. We've still got a couple weeks left, and so I invite you to come back next week to join us. One benefit to digital ministries, we've been able to offer many opportunities to continue to grow in your spirituality, to engage in your faith throughout the week. And again, I mentioned in the sermon, but we have daily devotionals offered either on our podcast in an audio format or uh, on YouTube and Facebook, on River Life's YouTube and Facebook page in video format. And so I encourage you to continue to engage with your faith on a daily basis. Following service, following the benediction, we also have some discussion discussion questions. And so I encourage you to take some time and with the people that are around you, discuss some of those discussion questions and reflect on what we talked about today. Again, as much as I miss seeing all you in person, um, this digital platform has allowed us some great opportunities to find ways to, again, practice um, engaging in our faith on a daily basis. And so, again, looking forward to seeing you next week. And again, continue to take advantage of all the, all the resources throughout this week. And with that, let me send you off with our blessing. I invite you to open up your hands to receive this blessing as I extend my hand out to offer this blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God's blessing to you all. Take care. Have a great week. I can't wait to see you next week.